0: Hi, everyone. Haik Tadavusan here. Welcome to the Power of Mindset podcast, episode number 23. I'm excited about number 23 for reason as many of you can imagine. I'm a Michael Jordan fan growing up watching Chicago Bulls, and that man taught me a lot of valuable lessons early on, as in outwork the competition, don't be ruthless, but be relentless. And if you want to set some records, be okay messing up. As in, the year he set a record of most points, he also set a record of most misses. So don't be afraid to fall on your face. Don't be afraid of having misses. And don't be afraid to just giving it your best. Jordan was a private example, still is, to no matter what he does, he doesn't... Yes, he's, he's very committed to being the best he can be and beat others, but in reality, he just gives his best effort. And he truly does. And that always has motivated me within the message of, can you focus on doing your best? Absolutely, you can. And if you do your best, you just might be the best. So 23 is a special number to me for that reason. Um, And a special episode to me, I get to talk about relationships. Why specifically relationships? Because my wife, Deanna, and I just celebrated our 10-year anniversary as a married couple. I know um, on one side of things, when I compare myself to the couples that have been married for 20, 30, 40 years, 50 years, I have some mentors who've been married for that many years, and it's nothing. Like 10 years is not really a big accomplishment, but it is a big milestone. And I know it's a big piece to me because I believe we have don't just have a solid foundation and a solid relationship, also it's really helped impact some of the peers in our community, our friends, and we've been seeing a lot of relationships fall apart in a decade together. And there's a responsibility a stable couple has, which is, you know, to 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 show humility, to express stability, to lead by example. And, you know, if I'm the couple, if I represent the couple that does bring stability into my community, well, we have a, a big responsibility to make sure we keep doing a good job. Um, and I did uh wanted to talk about some specifics, nine points that I wrote down as far as what we've been doing to make our relationship work because one of our friends was like man you guys are a rare couple I'm like what do you mean rare it's only 10 years and she was like most of our friends are not together anymore and I have to think about that for a minute and I remember uh the day I was in the office you know a couple of my younger guys one of them recently married another one just broke up with his girlfriend last year has a new relationship that he's excited about this year and they were asking me, "Hike, what's the secret to keep a relationship together for 10 years? So again, to some of my mentors, friends who've been married for 30, 40, 50 years, um, this is a child's play. But to some of the newbies that are just starting a relationship and they're seeing what's out there as far as the high probability rate of couples not making it, they're terrified. And I remember I had a brief conversation with my my two young guys in the office. I think I a few of, few of the other ones kind of like eavesdropping and listening to our conversation. We had a good talk. So I hit a couple of points. I'm like, here's what I think, but I didn't do justice on making sure I go deeper into the conversation. So I wrote down these nine points. Actually, I was going to make a Facebook post when I posted a picture of me and my wife. I ended up just saying happy anniversary and just posted it on our Facebook page. Um, I did write more and I thought about these items that I wanted to share it with you guys. And I really think are important things that do keep keep couples together. And what are these nine items? So I don't think there's any specific order of, you know, what you need to be paying attention to first. No, I think this is just kind of my thoughts and some things for you to consider as you're thinking about your relationship. Um, you know, I don't have a perfect relationship. I have a strong relationship. And these are the nine things that came to my mind as I discussed about a decade of trial and error, of blood, sweat, and tears, and getting to a point where we did get the honor of celebrating 10 years strong together with my wife, Diana. Number one, compromise. Compromise, it's not about you, it's not about them, but it's about you leading by example. You show what you want to see. So if you want them to understand you, even though they don't, you should understand them, even though you don't. Essentially, be the change that you want to see. There's often going to be things within the relationship that you might not understand. And often we might not feel accepted or understood. And we try to use words emotion situation we try to use examples to have the partner understand but they don't always they don't have your emotions they don't have your thinking they don't have your connection to whatever this emotional thing you want them to understand so it's okay that they don't right but if you notice there's a lot more in a relationship where your partner's not really getting and not understanding you but you're not really doing anything wrong or bad well maybe the issue isn't that they're not getting or understanding you is maybe you're not getting or understanding enough of them So for those of you who want to be the leader in the relationship and lead by example, right? be the change that you want to see, maybe start trying to understand the little things that your partner does that you shouldn't really or don't want to or can't understand. Maybe their commitment to sports, maybe their commitment to their friends, maybe their commitment to their career. Uh, It takes takes a toll on a relationship when there's a small disagreement for a long period of time. Right. So accepting the little things, right? Be the change you want to see. Just because you don't understand them, it doesn't mean you shouldn't accept them. So compromise. I think that's a very important piece to couples. Often they put their pride in front of them, it does ruin things. And if you look at biblically speaking, you know, pride is a sin. Put your pride aside, compromise. Right. Um, Number two, I put down think before you speak versus speak what you're thinking. This is a big one with couples because often we get confident within ourselves as in we just vomit whatever is on our mind thinking that it's okay. That's not like why do we do a good job in a professional environment of not saying what's on our mind, but we do it at home and I truly believe the power of compound interest within words words are the most powerful weapons we possess they start reputations, they end reputations, they start wars, they end wars, they start relationships, and they end relationships. The powerful question, will you marry me? Starts a relationship. And we shouldn't be together. Ends a relationship, right? So so we should be very careful what we're speaking. Just because something is in our mind doesn't mean we should be saying it. We're very emotional beings. Often we say things we don't mean. Often we say things that we change our mind about. Question is, should we respond, right? Should we Be proactive versus reactive. And when we're reactive, we get ourselves in trouble. We say stuff we don't mean. Later, we apologize. Well, how about you don't break the cup and try to glue it together? Because no matter how you glue it together, you can still see the crack. And if you break it enough times, eventually, you can't put it together, right? So you got to be very careful with your words. And I'm not a prime example of saying, I choose my words carefully. No, it's just something I've learned by making a ton of mistakes, and I still do. But what is a thing about a blind spot that is no longer a blind spot? How can you know if something is an issue and prevent it from being an issue? Well, turn your head, look, and you just might not get into the accident because now you're looking into the blind spot, right? So just just understanding the fact that we shouldn't always be saying what we're thinking, right? So we're emotional beings and, and we will say what we want out of anger, impulsiveness and reaction. Be proactive, not reactive. Sometimes best response is a deep breath. Response shouldn't have to be verbal. And why is deep breathing important? Think about it, right? We have this old biological mechanism within our body. As in we respond to things and often our body doesn't really listen to what we tell. Our mind does not listen, it just gathers information. And when something threatening happens, our heart rate goes up, we freak out, stress level increases. Well, what does it do on a biological level? Our adrenal glands pump adrenaline through our body it takes blood away from our brain and shoots it into our muscle groups, our quads, hamstrings, uh, glutes, biceps. It prepares us for a thing called fight or flight mechanism. And it's been proven that during fight or flight mechanism, due to the lack of blood in our brain, we are as intelligent as a monkey. Is it a good time for us to respond to the most important person in our life with the intelligence level of a monkey? I don't think so. And I go into this state often back and forth, right? Little things like you get a text message or something happens at work and you don't like what they said. You didn't have a good day. All that stuff follows you home. So when people say, oh, you don't take work home. No, you like it or not. You take work home. So that's why I think when you go to your spouse, you might be in a fight or flight mechanism state. And do you really want to respond to things while you're as dumb as a monkey? And trust me, I'm in that monkey state a lot because my entire career my entire day is stress got to wake up work out do ice bath just to mentally prepare myself sometimes for some challenging days i have this morning i had to be in the office 6 30 morning at podcast interview 7 30 now i'm making this recording and my day is going to start i have a bunch of meetings i know i'm going to have some issues with my team am i going to have a high stress level absolutely but me telling my brain to calm down does not fix the issue with my brain my brain gathers information. What I can do is I can take a deep breath. A deep breath, box breathing, is in three to four seconds in, hold for three to four seconds, three to four seconds out, hold for three to four seconds, and repeat that few times. Sometimes the best response to a situation that activates fight or flight is deep breath. So uh, reactive response verbally can be a dangerous place. Take a deep breath. I learned that the hard way, and I'm still working on it, by the way. Uh, Number three, it takes two to get married, but three to stay together. We have been given the best rule book, the Bible. Belief system between couples has to be aligned, as after the honeymoon phase fades, it's the third entity and the rules that keep the couple together. And I've said this a lot on you know, speaking gigs and on these recordings that I'm recording and sharing on podcast. The major difference between humans and animals, humans live by rules, right? We have rules. That's where you go to the bathroom. That's what you say. This is how you respond. As in, you're good at following patterns. You're looking for patterns, following patterns, creating patterns. That's how you become successful in anything. You know, when should I work out? When should I not? What should I eat? What should I eat? stay away from, um, you know, date nights is a, is a rule, by the way, you should, um, you know, uh, abstain from anger, uh, take breaks at the certain hour, you know, hire, train. I mean, there's a lot of things that human beings have to do to, uh, to be able to be human. And the human beings that tend to be unsuccessful are the ones who are winging it, as in they don't have a set of rules they're following. They're just doing whatever they want, whenever they want. Inconsistent all over the place. Like an animal, a dog can pee whatever it wants. And to train a dog to get on a more human level, as in a better dog, a better trained dog, a more better companion, you train it. You teach it human behavior, human rules, as in, no, you only get to pee there. Before you go to the bathroom, come let me know. Here's when you eat. Here's what you eat, right? So, So rules are very, very important. And the most important rule book we have is the Bible. And I have seen couples that one is religious and one is not, didn't go anywhere. I have yet to see anybody in my circle where a couple, one with, with faith, one without faith in God, that would to make it work. Now, there's exceptions to the rules, but generally speaking, it's tough. I've also seen, you know, couples that didn't have set of rules at all. They just did whatever they wanted whenever they wanted. They talked to who they wanted. They went out whenever they wanted. Again, no rules and broke the relationship apart. That's why, but it takes two to get married, but three to stay together. And my wife and I are very religious. We follow the rules in the Bible the best we can. Are we perfect? Absolutely not. Nobody is. Even the Bible says we're all sinners, right? So so we, we learn from our mistakes. We study our mistakes. We talk about our mistakes. We don't judge, but we will talk about other people's mistakes. We will talk about why other couples are making it. Look at what they're doing. Maybe we should copy them. Oh, they didn't work out. So why don't we talk about what they did? what that caused it not to work out so we don't stay away from them so we don't so we don't follow their footsteps right so so again like we don't judge but we also follow the rules and we also talk about what works and what does not and we use others as examples as well but we do need to follow a set of rules and the best set of rules has been giving us is the number one best-selling book out there the bible it does take three to stay together it's me, me and my wife and god um number four your happiness is you not them so is your misery. Be happy and do the things that keep you happy. So you are a pleasure to have around. It's way too much pressure to put on your partner to make them responsible for your happiness. They add to your good and can add to your bad. So pick one, happy or miserable, because your partner will only amplify what's within. I think that's a huge one. I don't want to put that kind of pressure on my wife thinking that my happiness is her. I mean, that's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of it's a lot of expectation on one person. No, no, no. She needs to work on her own happiness. I need to work on my own happiness. We're together to make each other happier and better and uplift each other and support each other, be there for one another. My happiness belongs on me. I wake up at five in the morning when my alarm rings, not because my wife is high-fiving me with pom-poms. Yeah, let's get out of bed. Let's go take on the day. No, I get up because I am disciplined. I know... Although I don't want to get out of bed often, I don't want to work out. I don't want to take the ice bath. I don't want to, you know, go work hard. But in reality, I know if I do my disciplined things, if I stay purposeful, not pleasure driven, but purpose driven, if I do my job well, I'm happy. I do the hard things, I'm happy. I do the difficult things, I'm happy. I face the difficult conversations, I'm happy. In reality, when I do that, I'm happier. I'm more pleasure to be around. So Is it selfish for me to work on me? Yes, but it's also selfless because I'm leading by example and I'm showing my spouse how to find their happiness, which is not me. But trust me, I am a lot more pleasure to be around when I'm happy. So therefore, I'm investing in my relationship by making sure that I'm in the right state of mind and right mood to make sure I give my spouse the space to be happy with themselves. So yes, we do make each other happy if you think of it that way, but reality, it's from within not from out. This one's for the fellas. Number five. Get to know the mother-in-law. She's as closest of a future prediction on personality you will get. Remember, you don't just marry your partner, you marry their family. And also this one's for the ladies. Get to know the father-in-law. Again, it's, it's a general rule. Doesn't mean they're always going to end up like them. Usually they do. And I love my mother-in-law. And with the years, my wife becomes more and more like her, right? So people change, of, of course. You have to change. You have to adapt, changing environment, kids, business, income, everything changes. You go through issues and trials and tribulations and successes and celebrations, all kinds of things together. So you have to adapt and change. If you don't, well, relationship dies. You can't be like, you've changed. No, expect the person to change. But also know this, I think it's very important for you to get to know the family. I have seen relationships fall apart because couple had a lot of good values and they looked like they were going to work out, but there it was a shit show when it comes to the family. Some issues with the father-in-law or the mother-in-law or the brother or the cousin unstable, somebody's in jail, somebody is negative, somebody is judgmental, somebody only says the bad things about you behind your back. Somebody's just adding more fuel into the fire behind your back. You have to really understand that family of your spouse is going to be part of your marriage. So before you make this long-term commitment, get to know the family. It will really add value to what to expect 10, 20, 30 years out. And I truly believe the long-term relationships that do last 30, 40, 50 years out. Is because of their values in their relationship that have been taught by the generation before you, by the parents, by the grandparents. Um, So it's very important to make sure they have good family values taught to them by things that you don't have to teach them. It's in their gene code. The mom that taught that to them, the dad taught that to them, the grandpa, the grandma, the uncle, close family members. Um, So it's not advice just for the fellas, it's also advice for the girls. Always date your spouse. Keep having date nights, and spend quality alone time together. Don't be the, it works so well, we stopped doing a couple, right? So that's number seven. Um, Excuse me, that was number uh, number six. The reason why it's very important to keep doing the things that worked really well, because the things that worked really well that you kept doing is what got you to fall in love with each other is what you have to continuously do to maintain the relationship, because it's only a matter of time until the honeymoon phase fades away. What are you left with? your rules, things that bring you joy, your values, your communication. So it's very important to do some of the things that you did at the very beginning. Long time. Did you like going hiking together? You like eating dinner together? Did you like doing trips together? And it's very important to, to, to at least once a month to disconnect yourself from your kids. And for me and my wife, we have a date night once a month, go to a restaurant, talk. Um, I personally take my Mondays off. That has been It's not a huge game change, like Mondays, all we do is just spend time together. No, we drop off the kids at school, we go grab coffee. Sometimes we come home, I might work out, I might do things around the garage, my wife might do laundry, we uh, we might do talk in the kitchen, we might grab tea together, and then, you know, me or her or together, we'll go pick up the kids from school. So that's kind of the things that keep our friendship going. Because 10 years later, trust me, we don't have this honeymoon phase obsession from the very beginning, you've seen couples like all over each other. No, (laughs) things change, right? you have different values, you adapt, but you still want to be able to enjoy each other's company when you're having tea and coffee. So spending the time together uh, away from kids, it's very important, but also we spend a lot of time with the kids, right? So that's a piece that I can't put enough emphasis on. Always date your spouse, right? Don't be the couple that says, it worked so well, we stopped doing it. Number seven, relationship doesn't have a destination nor is ever a finished product. When you learn to accept it as always under construction. You will always be okay with the good, old-fashioned, imperfect human humility. That's a big one. Why is it a big one? Because as soon as you fix something, something else breaks. As soon as you clean something, something else gets messy. As soon as you talk things out, there's another disagreement. As soon as you stop arguing, there's another argument. As soon as you, um, you know, get through an obstacle together, another one presents itself. And it's not necessarily with each other, you might be working on fixing other issues that externally impact what's within. So the reality is we have this high expectation of perfection. And I've mentioned this a million times. Perfection is the lowest standard we can set ourselves. It's like saying I'm okay to be disappointed all the time. So don't put disappointment in a relationship by having extreme control expectation within the relationship. It's very easy to be disappointed and think this is not for you but also when you accept the fact it's always under construction like fitness you can't just get in shape and stop you can't just eat one healthy meal like it's a constant thing you have to work on so when you accept the relationship for being for what it is and it's always under construction it's there's never a destination it's always work in progress it's always the journey you tend to be more accepting of the little issues little issues which I'll get to the next one, and I'll talk a little bit more about the uh, little issues. So two more items. Uh, Number eight, set your pride aside. Know your roles and do them well, but be okay to do what you shouldn't. Strong relationships consist of a lot of doing the, that's not my job, right? Help clean, help with the kids, change the diaper, ask for help with work, support one another, and always ask for feedback. And I stress this a lot look for patterns, follow patterns, create patterns. So if there's something you're doing well in in a relationship, it doesn't matter what it is. If you're doing something well, you might think you're doing it well and you might bring it up to your spouse, like, hey, what do you think? And they might not care because it's not their love language, it's not what they're paying attention to, it's not their values, it's not what their grandparents, it's not what their parents taught them. So when you ask for feedback, they might tell you completely something irrelevant as in, I really like the way you did that with the kids. I really like the fact you did that at work and you told me the story. I really like the way you handled this argument. I really like the fact that you led. Whatever it is, when we ask for feedback, we might be surprised on what we hear and what we learn. Because often whatever we think the value was is not always the case. So do we ask for feedback? Do we, do we look for patterns? Because for whatever we did well, well, we have to repeat it more and more. And if you continue looking for things that your partner enjoys about you, Do more of that. Easy to follow, right? Well, it's easy to understand, but it's really hard to execute because of emotion and all these other issues, right? So look for patterns, follow patterns. Well, what if they tell you there's something I don't like about you and you need to change? Something small. Well, what if it keeps building up? Because small things add up to big problems. It's never a big problem. Big problems usually result of small little things that adding up, which I'll talk about that in uh, item number nine. So if there's feedback on what you shouldn't do, well, stop doing it. Look for patterns, follow patterns, and then create patterns, as in create a way to figure out a way how to do more of the things that your partner likes, that you like in them and create the atmosphere so you both of you can do more of the things that you like and stop doing the things you don't. And you also lead by example. When you do take the feedback and you stop doing what they don't like, drinking too much, partying too much, whatever things that might add up to an issue later, you just might show them how to be, as in be the change you want to see. Lastly, forgive. Forgive. Number nine, we are far from perfect, so we will make stupid mistakes. This releases resentment and keeps you fresh and light for your partner. They don't mean you harm, so stop hanging on to the things they said when they didn't mean to. Most big issues consist of a buildup of small things, like a clogged pipe. It's rarely one big thing. It's often a buildup of little things that turns into a big issue that breaks relationships apart. Yes, I have seen big things happen in relationships, but most cases, the cause of people walking away from each other is, we grew apart, we don't see eye to eye, I don't love you anymore. Um, I don't know if this is working out. Like, do a, a, a checks and balance system within the circle of people that walked away from relationships. Tends to be little things that add up to a big thing. It becomes so big that I don't want to deal with it anymore. And we create that monster ourselves. And a lot of it has to do with forgiveness. And I shared a little bit of the story before, but, you know, one time I had the pleasure of having lunch with a billionaire. And I remember the meeting started talking about faith because he um, he had read my book and um, he's like, hey, I see you're, you're a man of God. So what do you think is the purpose behind the Bible? I'm like, if you had to summarize in one word, I said, love. He's like, why you say that? And I gave him my definition and not to make this podcast episode too long. You know, love, you know, it gives you compassion. You love everybody. You're unconditional, et cetera, et cetera. He's like, I love that. But he goes, I will tell you my definition. And he said, forgiveness. Right. So when somebody has that many zeros behind a paycheck and they're seventy some years old, they've met all the people. And he's probably thinking about the end game at this point. When you're in your 70s, I got my mid 30s. I don't think about the other side as much as maybe somebody in their 70s who's seen it all. And I really listened to this message it it' set deeply with me. It said one day I'm going to be on the other side. I don't know what it's going to look like, right? That's, there might be an angel or a compliance officer, who knows? says, hey, I can't let you through. I gotta go through the list of all the issues you ran through, just see if you're worthy coming into the gates of heaven. And he's gonna bring me like this I don't know stack of binders with all these problems, and I'm gonna he's gonna prove to me that I'm a bad person. I I was not kind, I was evil, I, I I judged, I stole, I did this, I did that. And I'm gonna admit, because those, those will be actual factual things on my scoreboard. And I'm gonna say, please forgive me, I really wanna come through these gates. And they're gonna say, why should I forgive you? Because they're gonna pull up another list of people and relationships that I didn't forgive. Therefore, he's like, I won't be allowed. So I have to be okay forgiving others Although they might not deserve it. Although it might not be a reason I, I might be accepting of it. Because if I don't, then I can't ask for forgiveness. So I've gotten good at forgiving and everything's changing my life. And I'm like, oh, that's, I love that. So here's what I worry about that. We are far from perfect, so we will make stupid mistakes. This releases resentment and keeps you fresh and light on your, on your feet for your partner, right? So as I mentioned earlier, they don't mean you harm. I think that's a piece I wrote down that really means something powerful for us to understand. Our partner really doesn't mean it's harm. Because yes, when we try to argue, we say stupid things that we don't mean just to you know, get back at them. It's the animal instinct, it's the fight or flight mechanism, it's the low IQ response because there's not much blood in our brain and we're responding on the level of a monkey's intelligence. But we keep doing that over and over and over. Well, what happens? We build up resentment and the resentment becomes so big that we now don't see eye to eye. This is not working out. I don't love you anymore. Uh, it's time to go see other people. I'm not interested in you anymore. So when you forgive, again, you are lighter on your feet. Your partner enjoys you more. Just as the advice I was given, forgive, forgive, because you are a better person when you forgive others, and you tend to have better relationships when you do that. And if there's somebody bad who doesn't for you know who doesn't deserve forgiveness, well, maybe that's a relationship you have to cut out. Forgive them. Because you need your right state of mind, forgiven mind, your love for people that matter for you. So hopefully this was um, useful. And I, I'm i praying and hoping 10 years I celebrate my 20-year anniversary. Make another list of 10, 9, 10, 11 things we can talk about. And I will share more on how to maintain and move a strong relationship forward. And my encouragement to everybody listening to this recording is be okay with the imperfect again if you have to summarize be kind be forgiving be careful with your words love unconditionally compromise and just remember we are not perfect we're going to make mistakes does not give us a reason to be angry to be disappointed and to expect something perfect sometimes we have to just lower the standards of our expectations to be more of accepting of the imperfect partner we have in our relationships. Thank you guys for hearing me out till next episode and cheers to your guys' relationships. Cheers to your guys' relationship success. And for those who are battling through some issues right now, just know this issue is a way to improve and learn. So it's not a bad place to be. Think about what it is, work on it, compromise, forgive, have a good, meaningful, difficult conversation and move forward because You have a responsibility to a lot of couples around you that are watching, and you need to be a good example. Till next time.